nice to breathe oh so good especially if you've ever been underwater and worried you're not going to make it back up to the surface before you need to take that next breath literally every time i'm underwater really? i panic about not being able to breathe oh come on yes yeah you can do a little exposure therapy in your sink with that <laughs> why would i do it in my sink i mean i have a tub i did i'm my, one of the lucky ones i dip my face in my sink basin full of water most days really to expose it to hot water to open up uh before i shave yeah, I oh, soak shaving. it in the hot water. And then after leaving it in there for like two good breath holds or so, then I drain the sink and I start shaving once I've lathered it up my face. But wow. that's like step one to get fewer razor bumps. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, that was just one piece of free advice. So welcome to the free advice. Isn't it podcast. interesting that uh, men maintain their faces with a knife and women do it with like a little dainty brush and cotton swabs and things like we don't take... brush our face we don't have like a tiny don't brush you? on my face do i have a tiny brush no well, how is makeup applied oh with a tiny brush yeah that's what i was referring to okay. sorry i could have been more clear well, I, I, <laughs> I, was I was like microderm abrasion <laughs> no okay no. got you got you no i mean like the tools that we use on our faces a man takes like a sharp blade and I believe it, it's what helps men age better than women is that they are really? constantly exfoliating, like daily cutting off a layer of skin. But only on the bottom half of their face. You're right. The top half of their face is age much worse. If you ever, <laughs> if you ever look at a man's forehead, he'll be like, no, 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 please lower your gaze. <laughs> I'm so very old. Up there. <laughs> but my chin looks like it's not a day over 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Here's a thing that weirds me out yeah, or like is fine. Sorry, everyone, who this is the case for. Um, but just scientifically, who knows? Okay. Um, when someone has like a different color beard, then like facial hair is different oh, color yeah. than their head hair. What's that about? Hmm. I think it's the same as like body hair. Like your facial hair is more like your body hair than your head hair. Okay. You know, people can have lighter, like I have darker sure. body hair than I do, I think, head hair. Okay. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, but like that? my arm hair is different from the hair in my armpit. Yeah, in terms of length, and how do they know when to stop growing? The <laughs> hair the on my head hairs? never stops no. growing. They don't get to a certain length and say that's enough. But my eyebrows definitely do. I've never gotten eye curtains that just. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think your head hair, though, yeah. like if it was at a certain length probably it would be falling out disproportionately. So it would probably would stay at a certain length. I don't think you'd be able to get a below like butt length or Plenty something. Plenty of people can and do and take pride in growing their natural blonde hair down to their butt. And then when they yes. take a poop, they have to wrap it around their neck like a <laughs> scarf a couple times <laughs> so that they make sure that none of it falls into their butt and gets poopy. And then you'd, you'd have poop hair. Oh, damn it. We said we weren't going to talk about this. <laughs> We set one intention at the top of this podcast episode, which was to not talk about buttholes We're or poop, I guess. We're getting awfully close. <laughs> now well, I think the bell the has been rung. Yeah. Now. I was basically alluding to, I mean, it's hard to understand how hair would get poopy if you don't imagine a butthole. <laughs> Because we reflected after our last podcast if we ever recorded an episode and not discussed buttholes. Why don't you guys let us know how you feel about the butthole yeah. as a topic on this podcast? I love it. I think I'm a primary reason that buttholes come up so much because I just find them to be like a delightful area of life. Hey, let's start an Imagine Dragons parody band called Imagine Buttholes. <laughs> Are we still workshopping that name or is that locked in? No, it's called Imagine Buttholes. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just imagine them. Yeah. yeah. Radioactive would take on a whole new meaning. Yeah. Um, what? That's one of their most popular songs. I know, I know. And what's the new meaning? I'm trying to figure this out. Your butthole and pooping and diarrhea. You know, uh, butthole stuff. Okay. I've never thought of All right. Of course you've never thought about that. It would be weird if you had. Yeah. You're well, like, no, well, when I last time I imagined my cover band imagined buttholes. Just move the mic just a little bit away from your face. Just just a tiny bit. So the other trope of this podcast me. is that I'm always slightly too loud, so I have to move my microphone. And it's it's, it's sliding so yeah, slowly. We haven't watched this table. <laughs> we're we're recording at Rob's this time instead of my apartment where we normally record. 
Yes, and it's also an unfamiliar day for us. It's a Friday. Yeah, it's so. weird because I'm going away next week. Yeah. I'm going to be with my family, so everybody send me blessings. While you're listening to this, I will be dead in the middle of a family vacation. So, yes, send me love and kindness, and hopefully I'll be able to feel it from where I will be in Georgia. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could have said that to my family. Namaste home. I'm good. Oh, good one. Thanks. It's it's on like 80,000 t-shirts. It's not that creative. But oh, okay. Never mind. I retract fine. it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so we've been making a ritual out of getting to the questions right up top. Yeah, what we do you have. Say? You want to do it? Yeah. Or more you want to get off your chest first? After that thing about the guys with the red beards and brown hair? Um. No, I think <laughs> I think I am safely finished with that topic. Cool. We'll have to do some research after the fact. Um, we'll get if, back to you next if, week on free advice. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. It won't happen. Um, <laughs> Unless you're underwater, then hold your breath. Yeah, it's a callback to, you know, the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fun. actually exactly oh, what I did okay. want to finish talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I think that the reason that I am so afraid of, like, ingesting a bunch of water or, like, drowning is because when I was um, maybe, like, two, uh, my parents forced me to do these swimming lessons and oh, forced you yeah <laughs> yeah we're pissed about You're it too <laughs> who the fuck's gonna listen to a two-year-old who wants to well, rather drown? so <laughs> the 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 unfortunate thing for my mom is that she recorded so much of my young life uh on videotape and so there's documentation of me being in this swimming lesson for like 15 to 20 minutes of me mm. just screaming bloody murder, screaming mommy no, mommy no, mommy no, crying, basically like half drowning, being dragged around a pool. Um, so it just What are you going to do if your kid's ever in that situation? Let's say you have a kid through mm. some mystical, you know, they show up on your doorstep and you feel obligated. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? If you have a kid like that, you put them in swimming lessons and they're like, mommy, no, mommy, no. While they're in the pool, pretty much being drowned by their instructor, I would put well, the ca- I would turn the camera off yeah. first. Step. Step one. Step turn one. the camera off. Okay. Step two. Put the camera down. Step three. Walk down there myself and be like, hey, ma'am, <laughs> let's just call her Peggy. Her name was Peggy. Peggy. Um. What gives? You're drowning my child. She's screaming bloody murder and crying and protesting. Like, must we continue with this exact technique? Seems like she's suffering a lot. Um, Would you ever consider doing a role play in a pool with me where I am Peggy and you get to be your two-year-old self to try and re... you know, get get what you needed from that situation in modern day and maybe... I would love to do that. All right, great. Yes. As soon as it warms up. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it in my pool. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I'll show you the tape. Sure. If you can find Peggy on Facebook, just (laughs) one point of contact is all I need. I just want to get into character a little bit. There's 20 minutes of footage of Peggy. You'll be perfect. I need to know what she's up to now. Well. (laughs) See what types of. Get yourself a women's one piece. Very tasteful. Very sensible. Okay. Glasses. Yes. She had had like shoulder length white hair. Glasses. Okay. Well, then I guess I could have just not told you that. No, seems I'm like you just, know Peggy I'm, more than I'm I do. I'm guessing that she has. Yeah. I, I only knew one Peggy, and she definitely had glasses. Peggy sounds that. like a glasses name. <laughs> yes. What's sh- it short for? Pegara? Okay. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Pegopolis? Pegalodon. Pegan? <laughs> What's another eggy name? Are there others? <laughs> Jeez, Peggy. Who the fuck knows? Uh, Paige? No. Pe- yeah, maybe. Elizabeth. I actually think it's short for Elizabeth. Like every single fucking nickname is short for her. Or but there's Elizabeth. no. I, oh, I agree. None of those letters. I agree. <laughs> it's got the E. Yeah, but the P and the G are a lot more important in Yeah, oh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Penelope. Could be. That has a P and an E at the end. All right, we'll just add this to our list cool. of things we'll never Google and never update Great. you on. So you're on yeah. your own with the Googling. Thank you, um, listeners. Thank you for encouraging me to do uh, a a role play where we work through this material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's important that you know how important. to swim though. 
I just want to make that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you I could, learned how to swim. You could I die did. easily on any kind of boating situation if you don't know how to swim. Totally. Everyone should learn to swim, but maybe when they're ready. Yeah. To learn how to swim. Go to YouTube, get in your bath, take things nice and slow. Start with dipping your face in the sink, um, you know, to loosen the pores or whatever you do with the shaving, that whole process. Yeah, you fill your sink basin with hot water and then you dunk your face in it and hold it until you're out of breath and then come up and then do it one more time and then rub that hot water on like your neck and other places that you're going to shave that it doesn't hit. What if you just shaved after you showered? I don't take hot showers. So for every other listener, they could just sh- shower and then shave. But then you have shaving cream on your, like, then you're not clean again. You have blood or, and little pieces of hair. Then you have to wash your face again, essentially, and all those areas. It'd be better. Some people do do that or they yeah. shave in the shower. Mm. I like to have a mirror. If it's hot, then that's going to get steamed up. I just, I prefer yeah. to shave before I get in the shower. I don't know why I'm trying to give advice on, like, how men should shave their faces. It's- There's trade-offs. Silly There's for me to even off. attempt to go down that route because it's just a topic I know nothing about. Well, you know about shaving yourself. Yeah, and not that's your true. Face, shave so my legs. Yeah. Shave under my arms. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we ready to uh, take on this question? Yes. Okay. So this question uh, comes to us from Reddit. The user is Octopus Douchebag. Love it already. Me too, except it takes a sad turn. So oh. don't get too excited. Okay. Um, how should I comfort my boyfriend when he has to put his childhood dog down? Hmm. My 25-year-old female boyfriend, 25-year-old male, will most likely be putting his family dog down soon. He's had her since he was in seventh grade, and even though it was his family's pet, she acted like his pup and they were super close. Even after he moved out, he'd pick her up for the weekends and stuff. We've been together for four years now, and I know how much she means to him. She's 14, and we can tell it could be any day now that it's time to let her go. And I'm wondering what I should do for him when the time comes. He's your typical guy's guy and not very emotional, but I know this will be one of the hardest things for him. When I put my dog down a few years back before I was dating him, my girlfriends got me a dog stuffed animal that looked similar to my pup and brought me some donuts and wine, and it was a really sweet gesture for something that everyone knows there is no cure for. So I'm curious what I can do for my boyfriend or say to him when the time comes. This is hard. Um, yeah. I don't think you're at risk of doing the wrong thing here, though. Um, just by asking the question shows that you care. And just showing up, being around, validating feelings. Okay. The one strategy people take with a dog loss is immediately get a new dog. Mm-hmm. That could work for him. I don't know. Um, It's a risk to just get him a puppy. Some people would feel like that's uh, rude to the dog that they lost or like, you know, making them less special in some way, like that they need some distance and time to grieve. So you probably know your boyfriend better, whether that's a good idea or not for him. Um, Yeah, I think just asking him how he's feeling, talking to him about it not pushing him too hard if he doesn't feel like talking about it, but um, reflecting back that it's hard. And if you have a relationship with the dog, you can talk about your relationship to that dog with him uh, mm-hmm. without trying to like compete or act like it's as big a deal to you as him. That's one right. potential pitfall of that. Yeah. But um, that could open the door for him to share his own feelings mm-hmm. if you're sad about it and expressing it. And he is too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I think just, show up and listen and not try to immediately solve it. Yeah. Uh, everyone deals with death totally differently. Um, and for the most part, there isn't like a prescribed way to do it that works for everyone. Um, and it's just, yeah, there, there, there's not a good rule book for, how is this supposed to look? How is grieving supposed to look? How is the process supposed to look? Um, and in, in your case, too, you said that your boyfriend is, you know, a guy's guy and, and not very emotional. So, you know, it could feel kind of threatening or, um, you know, too much to, to even try to go down the um, path too strong of 
pack, unpacking the feelings about it and all that stuff. But I, I love your suggestion, Rob, about um, her talking about her experiences with the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like you said, not overshadowing, not overshadowing his. Um, I have not had a dog. Um, the first pet of significance to me um, was a rabbit that I adopted um, as an adult. I was probably about 25, maybe a little younger. Um, and I had to put him down and it was really sad. And the decision of having to do that is really sad too, because it's so hard to identify when is the right time. And what does that mean? The right time and quality of life. What is that? But, um, what I did after that, going through that whole process was I had my roommates at the time uh, join me. We threw a little memorial for him and I put together like a PowerPoint presentation and read a poem and, and had some pictures of him and they participated too. And they each, you know, read a little something about uh, what the pet, my, my rabbit at the time, his name was Geppetto, what Geppetto meant to them. And, um, you know, one of my friends specifically said, uh, the role in my life that she saw the pet played for me. And I just, I was so touched by just their willingness to participate in this and to take it as seriously as I was because it felt like they were meeting my pain where I was ready to have it and the way that I was ready to show it. Um, And so, you know, while for you, your friends coming to you with a dog stuffed animal and the wine and uh, you know, listening to you and talking to you about it, that was perfect because as you identified it, it kind of met you right where you were emotionally with that. And so, you know, I would be there just like Rob says, but defer to like where he is emotionally and try to like share in that um, and reflect as clearly as you can um, what he is experiencing and be there for whatever that is even if it's not how you would think someone would want to grieve or needs to grieve or move through certain emotions like stages of grief um because at the end of the day you know we can't even control what our own grieving process is let alone someone else and it is hard to support someone who struggles to to let us into that process um and struggles to show emotion because you want to feel like i'm helping i want to feel like I'm, i'm helping them move through it and have this proactive approach but the reality is he that might not be what he needs from you. Right. Um, but I agree that the fact they're asking this question is is great to just kind of get prepared for it and feel like you're armed with some strategies. I uh, want to apply some advice that I've heard for uh, people who are grieving the loss of a parent. Um, similar experience, I think, just it's a loved one. I don't think that the value of a dog's right. life is the same as a human's, but... Uh, losing someone that you're very close to. Uh, I think that this still applies. The idea that um, lots of people show up and say, if there's anything I can do at all, please ask, um, you know, what can I do for you? And that's a nice gesture. It shows their hearts in the right place. But the person who's Mm -hmm. dealing with a loss often is already overwhelmed. And then Mm -hmm. it's, you're making a request of them to figure out what they Mm -hmm. need. And it's kind of like an additional assignment to, Figure out what you want from each person. You delegate all of these things that people are offering to help. Just showing up with something, whether that's cooking a big batch of food, I think is a great idea. Um, uh, if you have some symbolic, like a, a nice photograph of him and the dog that you want to get framed. It's a great idea. Sh- it will help you feel like you've done something and make you more comfortable. And then alleviate him of the burden of having to help you figure out what it is that you need to do to help him. Um so I'd recommend cooking something or making some little keepsake that's uh, like a, something to preserve a memory of the dog. Yeah. I love the idea of it being something that's sort of from your heart um, yeah. because, you know, that, that type of thing always shows a level of caring that, um, you know, supersedes potentially just, you know, running out and buying something. Um, and... It's also uh, the pro- you going through the process of making that thing will also be a part of your grieving process and your uh, moving through emotions about it and 
like Rob said, it will probably alleviate some of the sense of what am I going to do? Because there's a restlessness about how can I help this person? What can I do? And if you apply that energy to you making something or, um, you know, crafting or whatever, uh, that could be a part, a helpful part of your process and, you know, sort of divert some of that energy that you might be tempted to put into like, how can I help you? Like, what would it tell me what to, you know, it's, it's just, it's restless energy and it's, it's just, it's a messy process no matter what. There's, there's no perfect way to do it. Um, like we said, uh, the other thing that I wanted to go back to is, uh, you know, the fact that the fact that he particularly had such a close relationship to this dog, like within the context of even though it's the family's dog, um, I want to validate that. Yeah, that puts a little more of um, the grief sort of in his court. I don't know. That's none of that's good wording, but um, it's you know it's. It, I think acknowledging that he might be having a different grieving process than the other members of his family because the relationship was closer. I think that could be really important and to to know that someone else sees that, that he had that special relationship with the dog could be really comforting. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have too much more to say about um, this specific situation, but I would love to hear if you have any experience grieving a pet, Rob, or anything else you want to add on? Mm. Um, just that uh, the intensity and timing of these emotions can be surprising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if he reacts with some amount of relief or uh, humor or something besides just tears and sadness, um, or there's anger, uh, just try to keep space for that too and not uh, push him to feel sad all the time or immediately in case those things come up. Or if it seems undersized or oversized, just anticipate that that can happen, that these things are surprising. And they can also connect to a real web of other other experiences mm-hmm. with loss um, or, or even things that are seemingly unrelated to loss. Um, you know, it could trigger lots of different stuff from childhood and family. And so, yeah, to just be prepared for a lot of different things potentially to be a part of what he's processing with the loss of this dog. Yeah. I think um, if you're looking for something to say, just reassuring that it was a good dog and that they had a good relationship and that you know that he really cared about the dog, that those are comforting things to hear. I think... I mean, and this this steps into a little bit of the sort of psychotherapy of it all. Um, and so it's not necessarily like a level one or like an immediate type approach. But sometimes when we lose something or someone in our life, there's that there's that sort of almost childlike sense of I've lost a part of me or I've lost access to having this type of experience or emotion. Like, you know, it might be helpful to explore with him, like, you know, when, what else makes him feel a sense of like Mm. companionship, for example, like what does he feel that he's also losing? Lost. Right. Maybe like bring him the newspaper in your mouth in the morning. (laughs) Chew on his shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just asking him like, you <laughs> know, what hallway. were the me <laughs> shit in the hall? <laughs> yeah, just leave a helpful little reminder. It's a little dookie with a flag in it. Look guilty <laughs> near it, crouch near it. Um <laughs> What in the hell is I saying? Oh, yeah, so asking him like, what were the meaningful parts of your relationship with the dog? Um and then sort of in in being curious and listening to his responses and asking questions getting to the root of what I'm saying, uh, being that, yes, you have these memories with this one dog and those things are in the past, but you will have experiences in your life that will give you, fulfill the same needs, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to some extent. While the dog is special and irreplaceable, there will be other experiences of love, of companionship, of um, joy, of tenderness, whatever, whatever 
he touches on as, you know, these were my experiences with the dog or this was why this relationship was so significant or even experiences in his life where the dog was a comfort to him. Um, You know, I think being open to having those conversations, but again, you don't need to pull them out of him necessarily, but kind of as the grieving process unfolds, um, being aware of the fact that there might be an unspoken sense of feeling like you're losing more than just the dog, but you're losing the role of yourself as a caretaker. You're losing um, a connection to the natural world, whatever it is. Who knows? Um, so did you have a childhood pet? I did. Yes. I had a bulldog. We gave him away oh. after a couple of years. He was uh, yeah. too rowdy. Okay. Can you tell me more about that experience? Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> his name was Boris. Okay. Sergeant Boris Buchanan. <laughs> and uh, we picked him up in Buchanan, West Virginia. And uh, the smell when we got out of the car prompted me to throw up on the lawn. Of the house. <laughs> Of the people we were getting it from. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was like prime West Virginia. You know, um, I lived in more of a West Virginia on the outskirts of the state of the real heart of the stereotype. Anyway. <laughs> what is uh, the West Virginia stereotype? Uh, inbreeding. Oh, okay. Uh, right, 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 Backcountry. Right. A lot of beef jerky and pickup trucks. <laughs> okay. And you, what your scenario was a little more... Urban, My scenario was a little more typical suburbs. Okay. Yeah. In the hills, of, but like a Anywhere Anywhere's USA? Yes. I don't okay. think that my street looked particularly West Virginian, whereas this place in Buchanan did, and it smelled it too. Okay. And uh, I don't know. What part do you want to hear about? The loss of the dog? Yeah. And the decision-making um, process of, of uh, giving it up. Um, I don't think I really was part of that decision. Okay. And uh, I didn't really object to it either i saw the stress that you know it was difficult he was unwieldy and hump people a lot uh yeah. my best friend jamie would get on the ground and wiggle his butt at boris and uh boris would come over and start humping and jamie would scream no but he's getting on the, he thought it was fun we all thought it was kind of funny <laughs> this brings up the issue of animal consent again yeah it does <laughs> a running theme in our podcast um <laughs> so yeah, um, I heard that he got put down a couple of years after we gave him away, that that oh. family that took care of him also couldn't uh, tame that beast. Mm. And I think that was some reassurance that like, at least to my mom, that uh, right. he was, there was something that nobody could deal with in him and it wasn't a uh, flaw on our part. That yeah. that was just something, uh, I think she suspected inbreeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his typical West Virginian, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Um, but yeah, that never really hit me. Um, I fostered dogs for a little while out in Los Angeles, and one that I had for like two or three months, I was very sad to say goodbye to when she finally got adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, that surprised me how much that hurt to say goodbye to precious yeah. little Coco who slept Aww. up against my butt every night. <laughs> crawl up in there oh <laughs> coco was sweet how how long did you have coco i've been uh, uh like two months wow i've yeah. been reviewing videos similar to what you've been doing yeah channel, but my videos come later in my life yeah and uh i have a bunch of videos of me coming back from runs and coco licking all the sweat off of my body as i lay on the ground <laughs> for like 10 minutes straight just go 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 going to town <laughs> was that the basis for your theory in the episode about Bare feet, letting dogs lick your feet. What was I? We talked about dogs licking the sweat off of you. So was that the answer? I'm sure. Okay. I mean, that's the main experience I've had where a dog licks the sweat (laughs) off of me. Coco would do that after like every run. Yeah, it was great. And so, I mean, it just goes to show that the bond you can make even in two months can be something that's really felt when it's gone. Um, Oh, sure. I had a freaky dirt for one day and cried the whole next day when it died. You had a what? Okay, yeah, freaky dirt's probably not the scientific term. That's what my mom called them. They were these tiny little frogs that were, like, smaller than a thumbnail. Oh, my God. And they were a little brown. They looked like a piece of dirt, I guess. But freaky because they moved I and were I suppose that's where she got the name for them. Yes. <laughs> oh, your mom just termed yeah, it that? She's going to oh love God, this, so this episode. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tina. She and her sisters on the farm where they grew up would 
catch these freaky darts. (laughs) (laughs) I caught one once, put it in a little tank with some grass. And then Uh when it died the next day, I locked myself in my room and I just cried and cried. My sister tried to come in and wanted to ask what was wrong. I didn't want to tell him. I just... I knew that I was having a little <laughs> outsized reaction to this thing that I got the day before, but yeah, that was tough on me losing that freaky dirt. What? Why did you resist your sister's attempts? I to- think I was ashamed at how sad I was and how much I was crying over it. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled that out because I think that the listener should be aware of that possible. Yeah. Um, reaction from her boyfriend. I was a, pretty much a man's man at that time in my life, around <laughs> seven or eight. Much. So <laughs> that was my man's man phase. <laughs> I've grown out. You were of a that. boy's boy, real boy's boy. <laughs> I was, but I was beyond my years, right. so I was right. a man's man. That's just true. Pre, pre-man um, phase. Yeah, prepubescent man's man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to. I also want to go back to the the mm. thing about Boris, um, okay. because as you know. No. <laughs> um, I told you before we started, um, a close friend of mine uh, recently had to uh, give up her give up her dog that mm. they had just adopted um, because of uh, her like rowdy behavior. She was experiencing a lot of anxiety. They were having trouble um, training her. And so she was kind of like jumping around and lashing out. And I'm not getting the details right, I'm sure. But, you know, we were talking about just processing the emotions of what it's like to make that kind of decision and how hard it is in that middle state where, you know, like I'm sure your mom was going through this of like, should I do this or not? You know, is this the right decision or not? And so I feel like most people probably don't get the information later that like your mom did that, you know, another family ended up having to put him down that, that reassures um, the decision maker that, that it was the right choice. And so, you know, I just want to like tie all this together because it's just hard to deal with. I mean, yeah. having a pet is taking on another life. It's a responsibility and we f- we build these relationships with them and we love them, but we have so little idea of and sometimes control over their internal and external experiences. Um, you know, and they and when when there's this creature that takes on the role of being a family member, but you can't really communicate with them. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and so I think going back to the original question of just, just acknowledging that that's what it is. It's this relationship that's with a family member, but you can't tell them what's going on with them. You can't um, get some sense of closure because that communication is missing too. Um, so it's just a hard situation. And yeah. I just think that there's no way around that. No, nope, just time. Time. Time in your presence, I'm sure, will make things easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think talking, talking about it does help yeah. whenever he's ready to. Right. Um, and just whatever comes it. out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah being accepting of whatever kind of communication he wants to have during that period, whenever it comes up. Um, and it sounds like you're a super caring person. I mean, you're thinking way ahead. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're just recognizing this dog is old and, you know, this is something that's going to come up and you're already trying to, you know, call together a plan. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I imagine that you have done a lot of other really sweet gestures for him too. And maybe even, Getting his input like ahead of time, not like, hey, I'm preparing for when your dog dies. But, you know, you can get a sense from him of like, what has generally, what have I done generally that's made you feel cared for? Yeah. And asking him that, you know, almost having the sort of love language conversation of like, how do you most feel my love? What actions most directly translate into feeling cared for by me? Um, or what can, can I do? You know, always having those, always being willing to hear uh how to better love and care for our partner, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. All right. So good luck with that situation. Yes. Let us know how it unfolds, even if it's like years down the road and we don't even have a podcast anymore. 
Um, I can't conceive of that. <laughs> we will always have a yeah. podcast. It just might change. Eternal. Topics. This is timeless. Yeah. It's how um, it lives us. <laughs> Are we going to tap people just to, to yeah. give free advice? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. It'll be like the Tonight Show. Okay, great. The hottest comedians of the day will all be competing. Oh, yes. I would mm-hmm. love that. If you're a hot comedian, just get in touch with us. Unknown reasons. Um, choo-choo, choo-choo, choo. All right, just uh, push the mic just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, you know what that sound means besides that I need to push my microphone No, back. what does that sound mean? <gasps> it's the lightning round. The lightning round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, are you ready for the first question of the lightning yeah, round? Yeah, give it to me. All right. This one comes from Dunny O'Neill. Trouble with showing empathy. Any tips? <clears throat> I've always never, huh? Okay. I've always never really had much empathy for people's problems. So I really don't know how to react when someone tells me sad news about themselves or problems they're having. Mm. I just really don't care to listen to it. What can I say to make those conversations just move along so we don't have to stay on that subject long? Just give them a hug. Don't say anything. Just give them a hug. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, nodding, that some of the nonverbal stuff, nodding. Press yeah, your lips. Yeah, yeah. Press your lips. Squeeze mm. your eyebrows together. Mm. I make a, a lot of Do mm, a small yeah. uh, nod at them. Look them in the eye. Show some hurt. Give yeah. them a hug. A lot of times, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. That sucks. You know, some of these things that are generic, but yeah. also actually validate the person's emotions and, and give them the feeling that they need. And if you're particular, I mean, I have a sort of a negative response to this question because I like love to just give unending empathy and that's sort of my jam. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine like, why wouldn't you want to do that? But that's not the question. So I'm going to just check that. I can relate to this. Yes, I know. That's why I laughed when I picked it out. Okay. Um, that was that funny to you? Yes, I, it was. I'm so unempathetic, whatever. No, no, not you're not. You're very empathetic. There's times though that I'm just, I don't have. You want it to just, just be over. Yeah, I just. <laughs> There's moments where I've it's either too similar to other things that I've been hearing lately, or just it's just I'm tired. Of I've it. met the quota. I get bored. Yeah. So what do you do? So what do you do when you're bored of a conversation and you're like, I'm ready for it to end? I usually just stick it out and just suffer. Okay. So stick it out and suffer is one route. Yeah. Hugs, nodding, verbal uh, confirmations. Yeah, I hear you. Da 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 da. You could interject with something similar and try to kind of segue onto another topic. Um, Or honestly, you could say, like, I really want to be empathetic for you right now, and I wish I could give you the support I need, but I struggle to do that. And I Mm -hmm. don't want my, you know, if I don't know if this is a lie, but you could say something along the lines of, I don't want my reaction to make it seem like, or you could tell him you have autism, but... That could backfire. I could see that backfiring. I could just see a way that that would backfire. I can't imagine, but it seems like a get out of jail free card for any situation you find yourself in where another person seems like they're going to cry. I'm autistic. (laughs) Um, But just being honest, like I'm just, I'm not great at demonstrating my empathy. (laughs) I just want to say if anyone who's listening is offended by that, I'm autistic. So (laughs) you can't hold that against me. Um, I'm laughing because Rob is not autistic and he had no way to finish that joke. Um, (laughs) you can, if you have a problem with that, you can, uh, send an email to our complaints department. Um, okay. So you could be honest about like, I'm just not great at showing empathy. I don't know what to do with these situations. They make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't support you better. You know, maybe you could talk to someone who is a little better at this type of thing. Nothing personal. That's an honest way to approach that kind of thing. Um, probably yeah. doesn't sound fun to say that though. That sounds like work yeah. to get that out and then deal with the reaction. That would be yeah. My I mean, for this person, sugar. this person's not going to want to do any of this stuff. This person's probably not going to take our advice at all. Okay. Um, thanks for asking though. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much. Asking us Those are our tips. <laughs> yeah. Those are our tips. There we don't care go. if you like them. We have no empathy for your situation. I got an airplane headache. Headache. <laughs> <laughs> I got a headache. 
Um, Alexa, play Despacito 2. <laughs> Alexa, play Despacito is hard to take. All right, this is a Google Home <laughs> household. So if you're, oh, you're not giving a command. You're, that's the name of their. Their their username is Alexa, okay. play Despacito That's a two. running joke, yeah. I got an airplane headache and it hasn't gone away yet. It kind of feels like somebody is stabbing me in one spot above my eyebrow. I can't focus on anything due to the severity and it's terrible. I have never had a headache like this. I left the flight at 1.30 p.m. and now it's midnight. It's just as severe. I took Advil 20 <laughs> ninjutsu age. I think they mean 20 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, what to do? Yeah. More Advil. Uh, <laughs> All the Advil. Yeah. Um, water. Deep breaths. Distract take, yourself with yeah, something that's you can. more stimulating something than the headache. Something that's not too much bright lights or um, sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go away eventually, but it'll yeah. be there longer than you want. Yeah. I mean, if it's midnight, you don't want to be like taking a walk, but you yeah. could take a walk. Um, oh, actually, one thing. Although you can it might do pound your. Oh, squeeze yes. that yes. point on your thumb. Des- describe pad. where that point is. All right. So look at your thumb and your forefinger. Yeah. Hold your hand out. This person's yeah. headache's probably gone by the time they're. Yes, probably. Two but days for the rest from of now. You, yeah. Yeah. You just squeeze. Right in between where your thumb and your index finger join. Yeah, that on meaty, that meaty like, spot. pressure point. Yeah. yeah. You should feel it. And I've uh, I've heard that this doesn't actually do anything. But <laughs> but believing that it does and then doing something, you know, the placebo yeah. effect of it, like, does work. So just do that. I mean, it's definitely a point where there's a lot of stress Ooh, stored. Yeah. And you can so feel it, it yes. when you get on it and you're like, oh, that kind of hurts, but in a good way. That's yeah. when you're doing it. And I think just honestly taking a minute to like supplant the sensation of the headache oh, yeah. with a different sensation that's yeah. that has like a balance of sort of pain and pleasure and, and is distracting again. And plus the placebo effect of thinking that it's actually affecting your headache. That would be great. Um, I also like to kind of close my eyes and put, you know, fingers on either side of my temples and just, um, you know, slowly and with different types of pressure um, massaging in a circle or you can also do a um, more a broader kind of massage with the rest of your fingers on your forehead and just kind of like move that skin around, yeah. especially where you're describing it. Pressing on different points of your eye, not too hard. Um, but that can sometimes create like interesting sensations and sort of um, hitting that point that's like between the inner corner of your eye and your eyebrow. Any points on your face. Just play around with your face. Yeah, just see what happens. Your face. Move stuff around. Um People Stretch. are afraid to touch their faces for worry of getting pimples, I think. Not me. Just lick your fingers off first <laughs> and then, then go ahead and squeeze on your face. Uh, if you want to wear latex <laughs> gloves, fine by me. Get the black ones. Those are sexy. All right. Next question. All right. Uh, this is from underscore not underscore JT underscore. So not JT. Okay. Uh, hitting on a girl who works at a movie theater, question mark. British spelling of theater, by the way. Okay. So there's this girl I met at a local movie theater. Let's just call her S for now. She works there. This question is so short, and actually he never mentions S again, so there's really no reason to give her an N, a pseudonym. <laughs> but okay. Uh, let's call her S for now. She works there, and she seems really, really nice and friendly. Is it worth it to go for someone who works at a theater or no? Um... This is, to me, the, the age-old hitting on a person while they're at their job question. Right. That can be a difficult situation to put them in if they yes. care highly about customer satisfaction and not rubbing people the wrong way. It can be difficult yeah, for a person yeah, yeah. to reject you. So I think if you are going to hit on somebody while they're doing their job, just uh, take extra measure to show that you're not going to retaliate in any way, complain to a manager, or like leave the ball yeah. in their court. Whether that just means like handing them a piece of paper with your number on it and not waiting around for them to say yes or no or something like that. Um, just try to empathize that it can be difficult to have somebody approaching you, especially if you're bigger than this person, if you're like a valued customer, something like that. It could be a very awkward, uncomfortable situation for this person to be in if they don't want to go out with you. Um, the other part of the question, which actually seems to be the entire question yeah. is, is it worth it to go for someone who works at a theater? Oh, is it so worth it? are they saying oh, like, I didn't even see it. from that <laughs> Right. Cause I think that what he's asking is what you're saying, Yeah, but it sounds like what he's asking is, would I even want to bother dating someone who has this type of job? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we, why don't you tell me about that? Uh, would you want to date someone who works at a movie theater? Why? Yes. Why not? Absolutely, I would. 
Great. Do you want to follow up with any details? Or I don't. Just... I mean, what's disreputable about that job? It doesn't make I have no a lot idea. of money, I guess. It's like any kind of um, near minimum wage, like uh, working on your feet retail you might see jobs. Them. Yeah, I guess if it's the only theater that you go to and you really like going to movies and you have a bad breakup or somehow feel. Uh, yeah, if you or you hit burned. on her and she is like fuck yeah. no, and then you're like, well, fuck, now I can't go to the movies. Well, you still can though. Yeah, you just have to wear just, a just, disguise. No, just do it in a in a way where you're not too attached to the outcome. Right. And if you uh, that's good advice. Yeah. No matter who you're gonna hit on. Exactly. If you are really really attached to the outcome and you don't think you could handle that, then maybe don't. Ask maybe slow your roll. Yeah. Maybe like chill the fuck out, get some popcorn. Maybe think about how bad it would suck to date somebody who would work at a theater, and then balance yeah. that out in your head. You know, do yeah. a little bit of uh, black magic on yourself of inflate the uh, things that you find uh, unlikable about this dating situation. When you're trying to soften the blow, yeah. If you're like yeah. super uh, hung up on them and how great this would be, try not to be that way. Be like, this would be nice, but you'll also be okay if you don't go out with them. The other one point of recommendation um, I would like to add on this is you might think, oh, my God, what a great idea. We're already at the movies. Let's just have that be our date. She probably doesn't want to stay there. So if you want to oh, ask yeah, her yeah, out, yeah. I would recommend something that's very dissimilar from her right. job. At the movie so either. this is a good moment to explore romance um, contextually. Fuck yes. Right. Romance contextually. So this that's is from the, uh, the guide to getting it on Fuck by... Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Paul Johansson. All right. We're going to put it in the episode description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something Johansson. Okay. Um, (laughs) Scarlet? (laughs) Nope. It's a dude. Um, Scarlo? No. Romance (laughs) is different for different people in different phases of their life. So if if she's a teenager who has a lot of pressure to be an adult and misses the... the childlike side of herself, getting a teddy bear from somebody might actually be really nice. Getting permission to have that like creature comfort, the thing that like the still childish side of her might enjoy can be romantic. I would Whereas, love to receive a teddy bear from someone. Well, for if, the record. if you had five kids who were all under the age of 10 and the house was just covered in teddy bears, all of a right. sudden a teddy bear is not so romantic anymore because you're already dealing with too much of that. Totally. So in that case... A night out to the movies might be like the thing that is missing, a feeling like a teenager again. So romance is contextual, something that's romantic in one situation. Somebody who works at the movie theater probably has enough movies in their life and maybe wants to go for a bike ride. You know, something in the sunshine that is more active and uh, less consumption, you know, like give them whatever is missing. I love that. From their current uh, routine. Oh, great. Great advice. Thanks. Um, and thus ends our segment on romance contextually. Lightning round. All right. Good luck, not JT. Okay. Uh, I got a couple more questions for you. Hell yeah. Give me, give uh, this comes from ABBA Superfan94. All right. We had two phone call conversations after connecting online. Wow. Now he's booked a flight and a hotel and wants to spend the weekend together. Is this weird and how should I behave? They've never met. Two phone call conversations after connecting online. That's it. Uh, well, how do you feel? I mean, yeah, like you tell us, is it weird? (laughs) It could be, could not be weird. It's uncommon, but, um, Mm -hmm. it may be a sign of a great immediate connection. Yeah. So as someone who could see myself doing something this ballsy, shall we say, not booking, I wouldn't be the booker. I would, would I'm kind of a spontaneous fling kind of person. I like that stuff. Um, the weird thing is that what makes it weird or not is like, are you into it or not? Like yeah. that's really the deciding factor. So it's like, I think you need to do an honest self-assessment, like put aside the fact that he's already booked this stuff. Like, is it something that you talked about? If it wasn't, does that make you uncomfortable? Even if it was, does it make you uncomfortable sure. that he just went for it? Um, there's no like statute that expires on you being like, you know what? I need to slow down. This is kind of a lot. I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think it actually can be a good barometer of like, is this a good person for you? How they respond to you setting a boundary mm-hmm. or just how they respond to you, um, you know, setting up different parameters for like how you want this weekend to go. Like it's, it's good that he has a hotel. Um, yeah. So at least it's not like he's expecting to be in your space. 
but yeah, I think that you should, the way that you should behave generally is being super aware of how you feel about this. Do you feel like it's weird? Do you feel like it's too much mm-hmm. too soon? Um, do you feel uh, sort of claustrophobic? Being honest with yourself, being as honest with him as you feel like is appropriate and, you know, encouraging the same kind of communication from him. Like maybe you could ask him if it was something that you hadn't talked about, like, you know, what, what sign did I give you that this was appropriate or, you know, just. When did you decide to do this? Yeah. Yeah. And what are our expectations for how this weekend together is going to go? Like, would it be okay if we only spent one day together? Do you have other things to do in this place? Do you have other people you can see? What were you going to say? One meal. Right. It doesn't have to be all day. You don't commit to everything. Yeah. Never met this person. Yeah. What does their voice sound like? What do they smell like? How do they uh, approach body language and uh, personal space? All of those yeah. things matter, and you can't get a real good sense of those over the phone. Totally. So, like, if something is off to you, then you have the right to, like, you don't owe them anything. Totally. Unless you invited them and made a promise or just invited but them. But even then, that's might, not really, like, you can revoke consent some attention. at any time. Sure. Um, yes. For, definitely for physical things, but I do feel like if you um, – ask somebody to do th- something and they make a commitment like that they sacrifice right. money and time, right, that, right. like spend some time with them. Of course. You don't have to touch them or yeah. anything like that. But. Yeah. Go on one date at least yes. and be open-minded and yeah. see how it goes. You know, if the date is terrible, you neither of you are going to benefit from continuing to obligatorily spend time together right. the whole rest of the weekend. Right. Um, I feel like it's appropriate to mention a, an experience what, in my life. What happened? tell me the story Um, well I dated this guy for five months long distance so anyway um, we met online and actually I was on a layover in the Dallas airport on my way to Sydney Australia my dad and I were going to Australia New Zealand for like the winter holiday fuck yeah fuck yeah and in his profile, he had something about New York mm. and I was from New York at the time. That's where I lived. And so I just assumed I was still getting people from New York, but actually I was picking him up from Dallas because I was in the Dallas airport on my layover and we matched and we started talking. And then we found out a while into the conversation after we were like, fuck, we're super compatible that he lives in Dallas and I mm. lived in New York. We kept talking the entire time I was on my trip. We FaceTimed, we like talked on the phone we decided while I was on the trip that he was going to come visit me in New York. Um, I mean, of course, he had friends there and all that stuff. Um, but I think he stayed He stayed with me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he booked a trip. I mean, this was all we planned it together and everything. It wasn't like he was like, surprise. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then I, uh, I thought we – everything was great on paper and he was a super wonderful person. Um, but – you know, I surprised him and picked him up from the airport. And I, as soon as I like saw him in person and like felt our bodies kind of together occupying the same space, I had this like sinking feeling of like, oh God, I don't know if I feel it, Mm -hmm. but we've already invested so much in each other and connected so much. And so deeply, like, obviously I'm going to give this a chance and you know, that's not his fault. And of course it's not my fault either. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had a perfectly lovely time and we we kept visiting each other back and forth. So and did you start to feel it? Was that sinking feeling an indication of something? Um, yeah, I think it never really it never really got as far as um that that yeah, that my physical chemistry kind of hesitations were always there. That? Um, but we tried to grow the relationship around it in spite of that and kind of we're hoping to cultivate more. What, did you express it to him? Um, you felt that way? I think so. Yeah. I, looking back, I'm not sure how explicitly I yeah. did. Um, Do you remember any details? Like what triggered it? Do, can you get into specifics or does that feel like uh, something you don't want to share? On? Oh, um, I think that... It may not all have been... I've said this on the podcast yeah. before about, you know... For me to date someone, I like them to have a certain size differential between me and them because it gives me a feeling of being small and feeling secure and protected and all that stuff. And I know it's, you know, it's all heteronormative, cultural, like societal bullshit. However, just for the potential, I mean, it's a criticism I have in my own head too, where I'm like, maybe if I didn't have these sort of gender expectations that things would be different, I would be attracted to a wider pool of people. Who knows? Um, so that was part of it. And there were, there were other things too. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's, I would also just advise you in general to be mindful of what are your expectations going into this. Um, trying not to put too much pressure on because you had this sudden connection with the phone and, you know, the, the online, con- whatever conversing and sharing that you've done. Um, I think celebrate that you're experiencing this connection and don't devalue that based on whatever happens next in the process. Stay open, try to sort of um, be present and allow it to be whatever it's going to be and appreciate it for whatever it is going to be, even if it's not this like perfect whirlwind romance that ends in a uh, marriage proposal or whatever it is you might be looking for. Um, Because I'm sure you guys can have a perfectly wonderful time together. Like you might have an amazing time, but there might be dissimilar um, amounts of attraction or, you know, your expectations may be mismatched. So as upfront as you can be about that from the beginning or, you know, as you encounter them, the better. Yeah, I agree. Good advice. Hey, thanks. You got any more? We got time for one more, maybe. We got time for one more. Okay, so I'm going to choose then uh, stomach hair. This comes from, are you confused yet? I live in the Netherlands and summer is starting. I have a pool party in a week and don't know whether or not I should shave my stomach hair. It's below my belly button and it's not a lot, but clearly visible Mm. and quite a lot. Huh? (laughs) Quite a lot of visibility or you're going back on your old statement about it's not being a lot of hair, whatever. I'm guessing dark hair, light skin. Okay. I'm 15 years old and one of the Ah. few boys in my class with a lot of hair growth. Okay. Again, very confused about the amount. That's okay. Yes, are, am I confused yet? Yes. <laughs> um, I know it really. I really. I know it isn't really a problem, but I would really appreciate any advice on. Okay, so whether or not to shave stomach hair. My gut reaction is no. Just have whatever hair you have. Tr- try to feel okay about it because it's normal and natural. And the other boys, if anything, are probably self-conscious about not having hair. So, if you're gonna do this, I, <laughs> I think you gotta pluck them. To avoid, wow. to okay. avoid stubble. Wow. Wow. Because wow. if you shave it, you're going to, you know, then a week later, what do you keep shaving it? What if you get razor bumps as a result of it? If you're going to shave it, make sure you warm everything up. Use a lot of <laughs> shaving cream. Really lather it. Go with the grain on the first pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, Could wax it. One little wax strip. I bet that would go great. Might be tough to do yourself. Super easy to do yourself. Might be tough for this guy. <laughs> I don't know. Might be. Women have different pain tolerances than men. <laughs> That's um, true. I don't know what the custom is in the Netherlands yeah, regarding body hair. Uh, this could be a major faux pas or something that's pretty normal there. Um, Are you? It I, is I, okay yeah. to have it yes, objectively. Of like, if someone teases you about it, it probably has to do with their insecurity. Yes. Um. Yeah, so below your belt. Yeah, so you just got your little treasure trail, and like that's sweet. And you know, if anyone has a negative response to that, that's on them. Um, I personally have a pretty, like, uh, I, in general, prefer in a dude for like less hair management to be going on, um, trimming. I'm cool with, but Morgan like, doesn't like it that I take the hair off of my nipples. <laughs> she wishes my nipples were hairier. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing this for you. And Next then, time, can you let them grow and can you braid them, please? And thank you. It's not that long. It knows how to stop growing. <laughs> um, but, you know, I find it more unattractive. On the spectrum of unattractiveness, yeah. I'm always going to find like, me noticing that there's like a lot of maintenance being put into it versus if you pluck then Morgan doesn't just know but okay. if you shave that's a she big project how many hairs is that that's gonna be like I don't know how much I heard it was not a lot but is it a lot it's a lot visible okay. that's how I interpreted that okay okay um, so your options are I think we, we both agree that shaving is not the ideal hair removal method no. if you're gonna go that route yeah. right okay so I suggest waxing. I've done at-home waxing super easily. You can get wax strips from like the drugstore and you'll just be like and pull it all off um, and then it'll it'll grow back, uh, you know, less of it and it'll still be normal. It'll be finer. It'll be better. 
Um, Rob suggests plucking. I feel like that's a time and, and pain investment that would be much more. I want to suggest um, imagining the worst case scenarios for this. Ooh, yeah. And then yeah. coming up with some plan. This will help alleviate some of the fear. Like, what say the coolest kid or the person whose approval you most want, mm-hmm. if they point out to everybody else, hey, look, are you confused yet has... <laughs> hair on their lower belly yeah. that's un- that's weird that's hey that's wrong you could say something like i did not choose this life for myself <laughs> or you could be like thanks for noticing and wink at him and yeah. freaking the fuck out because yeah. what the fuck that's is he doing noticing that shit mm-hmm. like why are you looking not that there's anything wrong with being gay because no because i'm reading into what you're saying a little bit is like hey why would you look at another guy well but it's more of to point out like it's it's more honestly to shame him for trying to shame him. You know yeah, what I mean? Not yeah. look looking is fine. Look all you want, but why do you mm-hmm. have to call someone out for something that's just like a natural, you know, growth? Right. right. Natural hair growth. It's silly. It's bullshit. Sure. I don't like people that just like randomly call shit out to put other people down or raise themselves up or do it their own insecurities. Their do it when they're not listening. <laughs> not really, because there is some fun to be had in laughing at other people's oh, yes. strangeness. Or, yeah, sure. You know, you see sure. somebody just really old and they're walking really <laughs> slow and their face is like, you know, don't, not to their face, of course, but like if you're in your car and you're with your friends, you can look over afterwards with like a smirk and be like, yo, that person was old. And you do can have a laugh. For know, the record, I don't support is. Rob's ageism. Right. Well, <laughs> Would say that it's but somebody. But yes, I got you. I, somebody I got you. who's like really poorly dressed. Then something that they have more control over. Sure. You know? Oh, I'm or, always pointing that shit out. Yeah, whatever it is that you think is funny with your friends, you're gonna have a good time laughing about somebody else being the weirdo. I don't want to totally rule that out, but don't do it to their face. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do we have any other other advice for Are You Confused Yet? Other than you know, make the best hair removal, make the best hair removal choice you can. Imagine the worst case scenario, and that might help you just get more comfortable. Ultimately, the goal is to be comfortable with your natural self, I think. Yeah. Uh, That's a great place to be. It's indicative of a lot of other things that will probably give you happiness if you feel that way, so. Yeah, because you're 15 and you're about to be, like, you're you're at the very top of the roller coaster as it's, like, turning over the tip and you're about to go down a huge It won't always hill. be this hard. Let me just say that, that this is uncomfortable. There's the most new things going on with your body right now. You won't always have to consider this stuff that much. Yes, but what my point is, since he's oh, yeah. 15, he has a lot more shit exactly like this that yeah. he's going to be facing True. very soon. And so I agree with Rob about using it as sort of a testing ground for trying out how do I get comfortable with myself as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because finding your identity and, and moving towards self-acceptance is sort of the major developmental task of adolescence. And you are about to just be like confronted and barraged with a ton of stuff in this category. You're going to have to experiment. You'll probably yeah. spend some time with the hair, some time without it. Yeah. See what the costs of each are. Different bodies require different types of maintenance yeah. in order for their owners to be happy with them. And so, like, <laughs> just because somebody else shaves their face every day, maybe you don't have facial hair and you don't have to, but once a week or something like that. It just different bodies have different yeah. needs to yeah. meet their owners' and expectations. I, totally, totally. And I love the phrasing of that, bodies Thanks. and owners. And um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to write a page in your manual. Um, but anyway, the uh, the other thing I wanted to say about adolescence, too, is it's it's a time where your your focus on these things is so intense um, because you're worried about what are other people going to think. And, you know, like Rob said, it's this, it's this new feature of your body to fixate on. And, oh, my God, all this shit is changing. Um, and so just remember and be gentle with yourself, as gentle as possible, for the fact that, you know, adolescence is hard. you got hormones going all over the place telling you all kinds of, like, crazy stuff and you may have like emotional reactions to this or that or feel like way more embarrassment than you might otherwise feel. And no matter what, you're going to look back on look back on the shit you did at 15. Like, what in the world was I doing? So just try to enjoy it as much as possible yeah. and enjoy your pool party. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's summer and you get to be out and, you know, with your friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're going to be you're going to be all right. Hair mm. or no hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes another successful episode of free advice with Rob Zaleski and Morgan Beard. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you were just going to say that it concludes the lightning round. No, no, that's the whole But episode. it does conclude yeah, both. Yes, they're both over. <laughs> um, so, you know, enjoy going back to your life without us in your ears. Hopefully you'll think about something a little bit different, your own stomach mm-hmm. hair, your your pets. Um, mm, the other, the movies. The movie, asking someone out from the movie yeah. theater, whatever, all those other Romance, things. Romance, yeah. in context. All the, things, yeah, all the yeah, stuff, yeah. all the stuff. Yeah. Um, and hope you have a fantastic, fantastic day, evening, and afternoon, wherever summer. you are. And summer. Happy summer. Happy summer. Yeah. Happy summer. And right. uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you enjoy oh, your yeah. summer more, um, please by, shoot us an email. Yes. Unleash a query on us. Mm-hmm. We'll answer your question on the podcast. Maybe if we feel like it, you just yeah. got to write us at yeah. freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Fuck yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you.